Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, Be Awesome listeners. This is episode four. I'm Joshua Peach. I'm not under the peach tree. I'm at the police station. Uh, Luckily, I'm not under arrest, but I'm with an awesome human being uh, here today. Follow up from last week being in Alaska with Santa Claus, which was a hell of an experience. I had to uh, come and see an old friend of mine, Lieutenant John Bonney. I've known John for uh, almost 15 years, uh, going back to when I was a bartender here in Stoughton, Massachusetts, where we're at. And uh, he's become a friend uh, through uh, another friend of mine who's an officer here, Jim O'Connor. And uh, about six, seven years ago, uh, I got to know John over the course of an eight-hour shift. I bought a ride along at a charity auction and we did a midnight shift which was uh, which was a lot of fun uh, i thought i was being set up because in the first five minutes uh, i asked to get a coffee and a donut and uh john said there was a sp- suspicious character i didn't know what was suspicious about him other than he was running like a gazelle with a gas tank in his hands at uh, twelve fifteen at night down the street and uh had a hot pursuit uh well he did anyway i was forced i had to stay in the car that was part of the ride along deal but uh John's a, a pretty uh, incredible human being. Uh, the, one of the things that stood out to me with, uh, with him was six years ago when we did that ride along, we got in the car, and he had this smile on his face from year to year. And I can just remember saying, you know, why, why are you so happy? It's midnight, it's Saturday night, you know, and uh, you're just unbelievably, like, energetic and excited. And he said to me uh, something along these lines, how – I got to remember how it was, but it was something along the lines of how wouldn't I be happy? I get to get up every day and play cops and robbers and provide for my family. And uh, it was evident that this was his, his passion, his dream, and something that he wanted to, uh, to do. So we've been trying, as you know, I try to do this on Sundays, and uh, we've been trying to do this podcast for the last number of days, but John had a, a pretty big drug bust last week, and then he had the, uh, the daunting task of a three-day detail with Taylor Swift uh, concert that was in town so that has to take precedence because I don't pay Um, so welcome John and I guess the first question is how long have you been a Taylor Swift fan and when was the first time you tried to shake it off so uh, Josh thanks for having me Uh, this is uh, certainly an interesting experience I I am not a real super Taylor Swift fan however uh, those details help me pay for my daughter's dance classes so she can shake it off uh, in uh, in Easton. Well, good. That's uh, that's that's a good answer uh, because you don't shake it off, but you do dab. That's kind of where we uh, came up with this idea of having the podcast with you. I saw the uh, July Fourth parade where you were dancing and dabbing in the streets, and reminded me of that that ride along. Uh, and I'm going to share that video with everyone that uh, I have on social media. So be sure to Excellent. follow me <laughs> and, and take, a, take a peek at this nine seconds of dance excellence by Lieutenant John Bonney on the side of the parade for the 4th of July. Um, John, jokes aside, you know, tell, t- how did you get to be so excited about being a police officer? What's, tell us a little bit about your life and why you're so energetic and happy. So uh, I just have a lot to be happy about. Um, I, I, I wake up every day uh, and I have a phenomenal family. I work with people every day that would do things uh, for me just because of uh, what we do that are just 
unimaginable. Uh, the bravery uh, of the people I work with is just incredible, and I've seen them do remarkable things for 16 years. Um, so I think what made me want to really get into law enforcement was the first time I ever saw a police car fly by me when I was four years old. Um, I just thought that was incredible. Uh, I, I wondered where that particular police officer was going. Um, and it was something I always was interested in. Uh, I did not go to college for that. I went to college to be a television producer, um, which I did for four years. Um, I produced the halftime and post-game shows for Celtics telecasts, and, and I worked on a show called New England Sports Tonight. Uh, but I survived a round of layoffs, and that sort of scared the crap out of me. And um, Jimmy O'Connor, who you mentioned earlier, reminded me that I could take the civil service test, so I, I did. Um, and I scored well enough to get an interview and, and get hired, and it was a very difficult decision because I, I was having a pretty successful career in uh, television. But uh, this, to me, was a... I know it sounds lame, but it, it really was a calling. I love this job. I've done it for 16 years. I'm finally halfway through my career, and it is even a little sad to think I'm halfway through. Um, like, like I said to you that night on the ride-along, I get paid to play cops and robbers for a living. Um, I get enjoyment of being the guy that's called um, the stranger, the, the the person that nobody knows what I look like or or what my name is, but they're in desperate need of help, and my cruiser number gets called, and I get to go. Yeah, that's uh, you know that's that's it's interesting because you know I got here a few minutes early, and we were talking, and we were talking about some of the communications that you guys get from from folks that are are not necessarily nice and friendly and kind to officers in general and uh and stereotype and you know it's like anything there's bad there's there's bad in everything and there's good in everything but you know what was amazing was in in talking about that your your final statement was you know these people can complain and threat and threaten and do all these things but when they need something we're still going to be there and we're still going to do the job that we do and you know that's something that I've seen in you over the years. It's just incredible. That kid that was running, that was, I mean, he should have been in the Olympics the way that he moved. Um, but, you know, he, he, he did a few, he did some things wrong. He was, he was uh, definitely not in the right. Guys finally caught him after 40 minutes or something like that, brought him in. And you, you went in and talked to him, and you, you didn't talk to him like he was a criminal. He might have been. Uh, you didn't talk to him like you were his, you know, commanding to him you, you talked to him as a human being you treated him like a human being and you and you guided him as a 17 or 18 year old kid I can't remember I think he was 18 uh, getting ready to go to college and just did make did something stupid and we've all done something stupid but you you stayed in that 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 part of really being a, a human to human not being this this authoritative angry person you truly were trying to help him and I've seen and heard countless times where you know, people have done the wrong things, and instead of coming down on them and telling them how stupid they are, you've told them what opportunity they have left. And that's something that we don't see a lot of today. You know, it's really easy to be critical and, and get people when they're down. It's a completely different element when they're, they're in that place and you try to bring them up and you try to keep them out of coming back in here, uh, not through fear and, and uncertainty or, or tactics, but by showing them that they mistakes happen fix it move on.com um and that's pretty pretty incredible you know was that 
Is that something that was instilled in you through life? Is that something your your, your family, your upbringing, like what? Where do you think that comes from? Where do you think that compassion and that care and all that comes from? Did you have that when you were a TV producer? Or you, did you just get it when you, when you put the badge on? How does that all work? So I'm a pretty visual learner. Um, when I was coming up on the police department, uh, there was a sergeant, Jim Taxera. Uh, he was a very, is, he's, I don't want to, he's retired now, but thankfully still with us. Uh, he's just a very kind-hearted, gentle human. Um, and what I didn't know about him is when pushed, he could be um, as authoritative as need be and as uh, strong and sort of uh, defensive as need be. Um, but he always tried to instill in his people that in this job, uh, we need to leave people better than we found them. Um, and that's true because we see people at their worst, at their very worst day, and when, and, and when we, I've had thousands of encounters with people throughout my career in 16 years in law enforcement. And I may forget people because I've had so many encounters. But what Sergeant Texera tried to instill in us is every encounter we have with people, people don't typically have police encounters. So they're going to remember us and how we treated them. So it's up to us and how we, we leave them, and you got to leave them better off than how we found them. And he, we may have some violent arrests and things like that, and, and that happens. But in those arrests, the people who are impacted by what they saw were left better by us taking care of the problem. We're always taking care of someone's problem. And uh, a, a, another gentleman who's somewhat of a mentor is a guy named Sheriff Greg Hamilton of the Travis County Sheriff's Department. He re is recently retired. And I was fortunate enough to tour his uh, jail in Austin, Texas, um, with a guy named Scarface uh, from the Ghetto Boys. Uh, it was an incredible, incredible experience. So I, I, I went around to the different areas of the jail in, in Scarface, and his real name is Brad, uh, and Sheriff Hamilton addressed the inmates. And Sheriff Hamilton spoke incredibly well in, in, in talked to about a rebirth. And, and I'm not talking about a religious, you know, born again. I'm talking about every day you have the chance to, it's almost like the first day of the rest of your life. And so that's what I try and tell people that I bring in here under arrest. Like, you have the unique opportunity to wake up the next day and be better. And with that young man, um, once I caught my breath, <laughs> I, was, I was able to speak with him. And that's sort of, you know, the, the take I have. Yeah, and I, I would say that he's probably that... that Young running gazelle uh, is probably doing all right for himself today. I, I would be willing to bet money um, because I remember when he left, he 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 was uh, he was very appreciative, and you could tell that he was also a little scared and glad that he had the opportunity to turn things around. I, I'll kick myself if I don't ask this question because I was put into this position a week ago. Last week, when I was in Alaska, I got the opportunity to go whitewater rafting through Denali National Park, and my tour guide's name was Mudflap, and that's what he told us his name was. And I couldn't bring myself to ask him if that was his real name or not and what it was. So I have to ask you, how did you get Brad uh, out of Scarface? Did you ask him or did you just have to, did you look at a record? I mean, did you have, did you walk up to him and say, come on, man, what's, what, what's the deal? I couldn't, I didn't, I didn't <laughs> ask. What was remarkable about him 
was we, we went out to lunch after he and I actually sat um, with a group of the most violent offenders in the jail and they had just graduated their anger management program and he actually invited me to sit and speak with it was like a it was like a round table and um, they really connected with him because this guy had an upbringing that was uh, I, 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 I want to say he grew up in LA um, he had a you know a a violent youthful past and then made it huge in, in music and and um, he really connected with the inmates and I was introduced as a, a police officer from the Boston area I wasn't introduced as a Boston police officer but from the Boston area just so the inmates could get a, a sort of geographical perspective of where I was and um, the way he spoke to these guys and and turn it over to me and it was around the time it was a couple of years ago it was around the time where there were lots of protests going on and I looked at the guys uh, that had just graduated and I congratulated them um, because graduations should be celebrated and um, I, I also said to them that you know we in law enforcement um, could do better and one guy's eyes filled up with tears and he says are you apologizing I said well I can't really apologize for everything that's going on because I can't speak to everything that's going on. But we have a lot to learn and in law enforcement we're willing to learn and I look at you gentlemen as sort of subject matter experts. Can you give me some advice on how we can better our relations with people who have been marginalized? And uh, it was an incredible experience with Scarface so we went out to lunch afterwards and uh, he took my phone and he put his phone number in it and invited me to his concert in Boston uh, upcoming and unfortunately I had a conflict but my, my time with Scarface was uh, was incredible <laughs> but I did not have the guts yeah. to ask him where, where that come from comes from Taylor Swift and Scarface concerts I mean you you cover the whole gambit of the the musical uh, world here that's uh, that's that's pretty impressive uh, you know and, and and some great points there I can actually remember I don't know if they still do this today but when I was in high school way back when 25 years ago we actually went to prison um, and it wasn't like a scared straight program it was a, a you know a learning experience for the day and I'll never forget I actually met one of the speakers was the only prisoner to ever successfully escape Walpole State Prison. I think to this day it's probably still stands. Was his name Houdini? Yeah, it, I think it, I want to say his name was Kenny Whiteman if I remember correctly, but what they used to do, this was this happened way back in the 60s or 70s, I think. They used to actually repair the local chaplain um, and priests vehicles in the prison. And so one of the priests had, a, a, I think it was a big Cadillac or something. I, I found the story uh, after the fact, and I know I'm going to butcher it a bit. So, um, But what he had done was he had built a, a space in the trunk that looked like the back seat and the trunk were connected, but it was a space just big enough for him to slide into. They fixed the priest's car, or the chaplain's car, and he drove away, and he was in the trunk of it, and he was gone for a, a long number of months. Um, and they and they caught up with them and caught them. As a matter of fact, that that Halloween escape uh, a Bridgewater, they actually had thought that I think there was some suspicion that he had something to do with the planning of it because they thought he was like the only person. Um, if I, if I get all my facts right, but this is 1993 we're talking about. But one of the takeaways that I can remember to this day is that they were people, and they were they were good people. They just made bad decisions, and and they they're paying for it, and they committed they've given their time to to help kids like 
I was to kind of talk to us about life and the importance of doing the right thing and the importance of doing the things that that are important to our family and friends because a lot of these people they'll never see their family again you know their family uh, as much as we see on the news family sticking up for uh, each other and saying that they're whatever didn't do it and couldn't be them and everything when they go away a lot of times their family forgets to go see them or pay attention to them or put money in the money in the can or whatever it's called now that they uh you know so that they can get you know things at the store in the in the prison so you know that's important to 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 realize that we still always you know kind of try to treat people like humans and learn i mean amazing for you to say that uh you know you take the time to try to learn from these folks that that probably think that they don't have anything left to give to the world, you know, that they're stuck someplace. And that's uh, that's pretty commendable. You know, um, we're sitting here in the office. You get your taser out of you. That thing's just <laughs> bright yellow as can be, making me a little nervous because uh, I've always made jokes to Jim that I wanted to see what it felt like. Cause, uh, you don't. I've yeah. been tased. It hurts. <laughs> well, that was going to be my next question is do you guys get uh, off, off subject a little bit? Do you guys have to take a shot of that to make sure that you can – Take it if an erroneous prong hits you? Uh, we don't have to, but we can volunteer during the training. Yeah. And um, I was like, sure, why not? And uh, it hurt. Yeah. <laughs> like, real bad. It hurt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I've seen a couple of episodes of Cops where people hit the deck pretty hard on that stuff, so I could only yeah. assume that. I have a healthy respect for the, uh, for the weapon, and yeah. um, I think because I've been tased... Um, I haven't actually deployed the taser at all. I've taken it out. I've warned people about it. Um, but I certainly have a healthy respect for it. And uh, I did it because I wanted to be able to know what it's like to recover from it. So um, when, if and when I, I, I'm at a call where someone's tased or something like that, like I can really help them sort of talk, a, talk them down out of their sort of excitedness of, of, of getting hit with the weapon yeah I, I don't know if you remember this I got to think of when how long ago it was it's got to be close to 10 years and it just came to mind as we're talking about this and I know you were there uh, when I got to volunteer uh, to be a, a one of the Columbine type hostage takers at the high school and mm. you did like a three-day um, training and uh, you guys had the the, the police police issue weapons but they were shooting paintballs that had right. antifreeze and soap in them and uh, i can remember jim saying man you want to make sure you dress accordingly because these things hurt and uh and i was like ah oh, no this is, this is you know this ain't nothing's gonna happen i'm gonna be fine you're no big deal i can tell you guys you guys lit me up about 387 times because i counted it uh and it was extremely painful um but looking back at that one of the things is you know what was amazing uh, to me was the number of officers in in Stoughton and it's probably everywhere that that walk the halls of the schools that grew up in in, in the town that they work in did you grow up here or are you from I did I moved here when I was 10 um, okay 10 or 11 so uh, I was in the middle of fifth grade um, I moved here uh, and then went through high school um, my freshman girlfriend is now my wife. We've been together since freshman year. Uh, this town has um, a hold of me uh, in, in ways that other if we moved and picked up and, and moved, I don't think I could have the connection in another town that I, I do to this one. Um, so, yeah, I grew up here with family here, and uh, like I said, I think we'll be lifers. 
Yeah, that's. I, I wanted to make sure that I was aware that, that that you were one of them. I remember there were a lot of, of officers that are from from Stoughton, and one of the reasons why I bring that up is that pride of ownership, that that incredible. Uh, for here, it's Black Knight pride. You know, you guys, you guys know the halls, you know every square inch of the, that building. I, I was amazed. Um, it, you know, it's, it's an old school building, and it's got a lot of a lot of spaces. And you guys knew every nook and cranny and every place to go. Um, and it's not just about that; it's about caring about the community and not just coming in uh, and, and leaving. You know, uh, there's lots of roles in public employment today that people can come and go, and they don't have that that same feeling and, and knowledge. And, and <laughs> I, I didn't think I was going to share this, but what the hell? I I live the next town over. Um, Part of the Hockamock League in Easton, Massachusetts. I've been in Easton uh, basically my whole life, with the exception of a couple of years I lived in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Um, and I thought I knew all the streets pretty well, and I tried to take a back road, and I ended up on every side street in Stoughton for about 20 minutes. And uh, and John John made a little fun of me of it, but uh, you know I think one of the other things is that you guys know every every square inch of the town like the back of your hands. No no map quest or or. Uh, or ways or anything else to find find your way you know uh, uh we're coming up on on 20 minutes here john i gotta tell you I, this has been a great uh a great time here with you today um i really appreciate your time i appreciate your service and 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 all of the police officers here in stoughton and everywhere service and commitment to making a difference and and doing the things that you're doing i think that um you know unfortunately right now in the world we're dealing with um a lack of respect towards the police that we've we've just encountered two uh, more officers in Falmouth shot last week. We lost uh, Officer Chesna in, in, in Weymouth, and and uh, this is this seems to be a, a terrible trend of of things. And for you guys to get dressed every day, realizing that this is a a real challenge for you that that you can get hurt or killed in, in your line of duty every day and still do it with a smile on your face and the attitude you have is just awesome and it's commendable and uh, I can't thank you enough for what you do and, and, and how you do it because you do it in, a, in an, an incredibly compassionate way and I hope more people see that and hear that and that you're a human, you're a great human being, got freshman, uh, freshman love of your life and kids and uh, living in the town you grew up in. And uh, I think more more people need to hear and see stories like this to make a difference. Yeah, and and the other takeaway is to uh, to chase your dream, chase chase what you're passionate about, chase your calling, what you believe. Uh, I have to. I'd, I'd be uh, feeling bad if I didn't say this. I'm. Uh, congratulations to uh, one of my childhood best friends of 35 plus years, Todd Hedrick, uh, 43 years old, and he became a police officer just a couple weeks ago, following his uh, brothers, his twin brothers' footsteps, who became a police officer at 42 last year. Terry, uh, who followed in his older brothers, their older brother Tom's footsteps as a police officer. So uh, keeping the thing going, but you know their their commitment to chase their dreams and never giving up is is something that's incredible. So. Um, appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Be awesome, listeners. Sorry we're late, but, uh, you know, Taylor Swift gets in the way of things from time to time. In the meantime, I'm going to get another Be Awesome podcast rolling for you. Uh, if you want to follow me on Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, i got to get started. I'm working on figuring all that stuff out. Thanks to Matt Buchanan for giving me some advice on how to get my social media going in the right direction. Uh, but go to beawesome.com, B-E-A-U. SM.com. Join the uh, newsletter and uh, 
buy a shirt if you'd like we're we're selling the shirts we're still working on um the donation portion of that and getting through a couple of uh, a couple of small challenges but we have that we have with that but we're going to get it fixed and we're going to get everything going in the right direction there uh in the meantime in order to do awesome you got to be awesome have a great day